With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the customer plan. My name is Omar Mohammed, helping you improve and progress in business and in life. Yep, we are back in the customer plan, keeping them in your business because we all have to eat and them meaning the customers. So this is a podcast workshop. It's an online learning center helping budding and existing entrepreneurs with resources to build, manage and prepare their enterprise for growth. We go about 20 minutes, sometimes we do go over, but nonetheless, we still give out the, some great information. And we focus on the six M's of business building. We focus on make, market, marketing, manage, money, and motivation. And today we're focusing on manage. And my co-presenter is Joni Hollyfield. Hello, how are you, Joni? Hey, Omar, how you doing? I'm doing great. And Thanks I'm, for having me on today. Thank you for being on. I'm improving and progressing. Uh, first, let's start off with, for those who don't know who you are, uh, talk to us about who you are. I mean, how did you start this entrepreneurial journey? Absolutely. So my entrepreneurial journey um, really isn't like most. I was kind of, uh, I would say, tricked into it, as I like to tell people. So I started my nonprofit right after the Freddie Gray incident. And um, a year in, yeah, like a year into that process of starting that nonprofit, even though the the program was doing great and the things we were doing with the kids, which was which was a um, a youth program helping kids understand the the ideas and the principles of entrepreneurship, even though that was going well, my program didn't get funded. Mm. So I got frustrated with that whole process, submitting grants just to have them denied, going to all these meetings, talking to politicians, dealing with people who claim to have the inside and were going to help me with that, just receiving all those rejection letters, you know, no, 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 even though we were making such a positive impact in the city and with these kids. So I got frustrated and I did what I told my kids to do which was to find something you're passionate about, find something that you love to do, something that you're able to do well, and then monetize that. Mm -hmm. So at the time when I started a nonprofit, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was still in corporate America, but I still had that business mind because corporate America does that to you, Um, especially if you pay attention. You you just kind of learn how things work. Mm -hmm. So um, after my frustration hit peak, I just quit my job because I had a decision to make. I said, hey, I could keep fumbling around with the idea of, you know, getting my nonprofit funded through grants and through donations, or I can quit my job to try to make more money so that I could be able to fund my nonprofit. And a lot of people at first, when I said that, they thought I was crazy, right? Because nobody thinks about gaining more money by quitting your only income source. 
So, um, you know, for me, that was my situation. So I made a decision to leave my job. And in corporate America, I was already doing leadership training and development. Mm. So I started a consulting company. Yep. I started a consulting company for businesses like the business that I had worked for doing leadership training and development. And um, that was it. It wasn't because I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had these, you know, grand expectations and this big dream of working for myself and all that. That that wasn't me at all. I was quite content and quite comfortable um, with my job in corporate America. But, you know, having to choose between what I was going to do with my nonprofit really put me into that spot um, of, okay, it's time to do something different. And that something different was leave the job, start your own thing. And then now let's not ever have to worry about how the nonprofit is going to be funded. Oh man, I love that. I really love that. So a couple of things, takeaways from that. Uh, you did what you had to do to get that, that nonprofit to, to provide resources for the nonprofit. And I, I love the way that you said that you were already doing what you were already doing. You were already doing at corporate. You're like, okay, I can yep. do it on my own. And I know a, lot, a number of individuals that I've worked with in the past that's worked with today, you know, they, they are retiring or they're just leaving their current employment to really jump into the entrepreneurial, jump into the entrepreneurial journey and kind of using those transferable skills to help them um, yep. as well. So I, I really love that. So what's the name of your company? Leading for Longevity. And, you know, one of the things that I, I often work with entrepreneurs on is setting the name of their company. How did you come up with the name of your company? Um, I came up with it because um, I really wanted something that encompassed what my idea was around leadership. And for me, leadership isn't a title. Leadership truly is a lifestyle. And um, what I wanted to help people understand was that, you know, you can start with leading that first person that you ever lead, which is yourself. And then you can take that and you can actually um, utilize those skills and those behaviors and the things that you learn to be able to lead for the duration of your lifetime, which is the longevity phase. So once you're a leader, you're always a leader. So I wanted something that truly encompassed that. So when I think about leading for longevity. I think about leaders being people who are consistently learning, who are consistently growing and helping others grow and learn. And not just for the right now, but also thinking about what tomorrow and the days after look like. Absolutely. So when entrepreneurs begin their business, uh, oftentimes it's, it's truly them operating the business. Uh, what are some of yep. the strategies that you use to not only, well, what, what are some of the strategies that you use as a, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm making this assumption, so let me not make this assumption. Do you have any founders, business partners? Right now, I have one business partner that is officially on the payroll. Gotcha. So for, <laughs> so what, what recommendations would you make for those individuals who are, are solo entrepreneurs? Meaning what recommendations would you make as it relates to operating a business? Um, and do, do, do you mean it in terms of building the team and finding people to be partners with you or just in general? I, I, all of that, all of the above. Cause oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we, we say, okay, you know, I'm going to leave my corporate job or I'm going to leave the federal government or I'm going to leave the education system to start my business. 
in, in many cases, it's just the solo entrepreneur and doing everything yeah. be somewhat tiresome and stressful. Yeah. So what advice can you give to those individuals yeah. to follow back off of what you just said? The latter part is building a team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the first piece of advice that I would give anyone is to make sure not only that you have your plan in place as to what you want it to look like, and the plan doesn't have to be perfect. Um, the plan just has to be some type of blueprint um, for you to be able to structure yourself. But you need discipline. Motivation and passion is not enough. And um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have those arrows in their backs because they had to learn that the hard way. You really, really, really have to put yourself in a space of discipline and being able to um, rinse and repeat those good habits that are going to help you propel that business and move that business forward the way that it needs to move forward. You're going to wear every single hat. You're the marketing person. You're the HR person. You're the customer service person. You're the salesperson. You're the person that actually delivers the service. You're the janitor. You're going to be the everything. And like you said, that is going to get tiresome. Um, but the thing about that is we have to find um, people who are able to um, balance us out in no sense. So when I, when I thought about someone who I wanted to be a business partner for me, I wanted that person to have strength in areas that were, you know, potentially my weak areas or the right. areas that I didn't necessarily excel in. So that way um, I could have my weaknesses taken care of by someone who was strong um, in that area. Um, I think another important thing um, is to not be afraid to fail. People look at me and they say, oh, Joni, you're so successful. You've done this and you've done that um, because of where I was able to build my company up in such a short amount of time. But what they don't really know is that it, it was really just all me failing the whole time through the process learning the ins and outs, learning the hard way, what to do and what not to do and not being discouraged by that, not seeing that first setback, that second setback, getting all the way up to 10 setbacks and still not losing that momentum. So you have to really mentally prepare yourself because if your mindset isn't intact to be able to handle those things, you'll fall by the wayside. Mm. I love that. Um, so, so Joni, what was your, what did you do to kind of assess where you are, where your skill sets are, and to determine that there were some gaps that you needed to fill to move your business forward? I mean, what was that process? Yep, yep. For me, it was just looking to see, you know, kind of where I was lacking. So, um, so when I first started everything, um, of course, it felt overwhelming, but I didn't feel that overwhelming feeling because I was so pumped up and so hyped up off of the motivation factor and what I saw the end result to be that I really didn't feel it. So it wasn't until I got into, you know, maybe like month four or month five that it really started to kind of wear on me. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the work. I feel like I'm doing everything right, but I'm not seeing the results mm -hmm. that I wanted to see. So when I looked at, okay, you know, where is the the bottleneck coming from when it comes to the results? And when I looked at my business, um, it was really that whole piece around, you know, marketing and reaching the right customers. Because although I felt like I was doing everything right, you know, I'm sending out my email blasts, I'm talking to people, I'm attending networking events, I'm doing all this good stuff, but I wasn't reaching my customer. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. I was reaching customers, but they just weren't my customers. They mm. weren't people who really understood the value and what I was offering and people who really saw a need for what I did. So in the beginning, I was really undercutting my prices just to convince people that I was worth it. So you're talking about doing a you know, two-hour session, only getting paid maybe about $100, $200 at most, when now when you look at my prices, even for 20 minutes, you're probably not even going to get me in a room if it's anything less than a thousand dollars. Absolutely. Because now I found my customer. I found the person that understands that when I walk into the room, some lives are going to change. Some mindsets are going to change. You're going to have a different employee that next day. Right. And I wouldn't have been able to find that customer on my own had I not gotten someone who was able to, you know, open my eyes up on some different things on who I was approaching and where I was looking. Mm. So, so with you, it was, you had a particular skill set and you, you saw that one of the, the areas that you needed to improve upon to move your business forward was that marketing person. So yes. how did you find that marketing person? Um, to be honest with you, and it seems kind of cheesy, but um, I did some interviews. <laughs> I did some interviews. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you're thinking about, you know, you got this company and, you know, at this time, it's just you. You are the company. So, <laughs> you know, to think about holding formal interviews. But I felt like, hey, if I wanted other people to take my business serious, I had to take my business serious. And I wasn't going to do this as a, oh, I know this person is good at that. So let me just bring this person on. I wanted to be, I wanted it to be a little more formal and I wanted it to be, um, with purpose. My skill set is getting in a room, delivering the service. I know that anything else, uh, we might have a little bit of a problem. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when I was, when I was interviewing people, of course I started with people that I knew because, um, I wanted it to be a situation where um, it wasn't just a stranger off the street, but someone who I had already had some dealings with. So I could kind of tell what their personality was. And I would already kind of have in my mind what a working relationship with that person would be like, because that's one of the benefits you get being so small. You have a little more leverage when it comes to stuff like that versus when you get too big, you're just grabbing people off the streets and then you find out, personality stuff and all that other stuff kind of later as you go along. But, um, my first thing was working right within my immediate network. And I approached, um, a few people who I knew that were in my world of HR leadership training and development and people who also understood and had that marketing piece under their belt, understood how to properly brand, understood, you know, how to reach specific customers and how to target um, customers. And I had um, maybe like a good eight or nine interviews or so before I settled on the person um, that I picked. And the crazy thing about it, though, is that more than half of them kind of self-dropped out. And I know you know what I mean when I say sometimes friends and family, they aren't reliable. You know, people who feel like they know you they don't take it as serious um, as you would think that they would. But um, I tell everybody they're going to be the equivalent of Zuckerberg's friends in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> those are going to be those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can be discouraging at first, but once you see things move and once you see things grow and progress, um, 
then you know that's going to be your um, that's going to be your real uh, reality check to be able to say, you know what, I'm finally on the right path. Absolutely, I'm, so, I'm finally starting to get things right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know you know entrepreneurs that are going to be listening to this, and they're, if they're solo entrepreneurs, they're going to be asking a question. Okay, Joni, how did you fund that? So Joni, how did you fund that? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So let me tell y'all something. Um, Joni is probably the cheapest person you're ever going to meet in your life. <laughs> Joni goes by the motto of you have to be resourceful and you have to know how to make something out of nothing. So literally, when I say I, I spent almost zero dollars starting up my company, that's the absolute truth. Because I had the bare minimum. Like I'm the I'm the type of person I'll go in it and start promoting without a logo, without you know all the fancy artwork, without any paid advertising or anything. I'm the business. I'm the brand. I'm the logo. I'm the everything. So um, I literally started um, with about two hundred dollars. Um, and that $200 really was just to buy some of the basic things that I needed. Um, I knew that I needed, um, some markers and a whiteboard because that's how I teach. Um, I knew that I needed, um, a printer and a small projector. And, um, I just had those small things and I just started talking to, um, to, to people and, um, management and leadership position saying, you know, Hey, let me come and do some workshops with your people. I guarantee that they won't be the same employees after I get finished with them. And it just kind of started as that. And I was slowly building up revenue from that. And then once I was able to um, build from that, then I took some of that money and then was able to reinvest it to get some of the other things um, that I have now to be able to, um, to run the business and to, you know, um, do what I need to do from that perspective. But I literally, literally started with nothing. The only thing I wanted to do was to make sure that my bills were paid <laughs> so that I wasn't homeless. But aside from that, no, I just kind of took my service out there and ran with it. And um, I guess for people who are offering a service, that may be a little bit easier because you are the product. But for someone who has to, you know, buy products and buy materials, it may be a little more difficult. So you'll probably have to work that out um, a little differently. Um, think about what you're going to do from a budget perspective, but even people I work with now that actually have products, I tell them, Hey, get the minimum allotment, whatever. If, if, if it's just 10, buy 10, sell those 10, then buy another 10. Right. So, so from the funding perspective, you talked about raising money or raising money through revenue that you, you were, you were bringing in. So is that how you hired the, the marketing person as well? Yes, yes, yes. And actually my, um, my contract, um, with that person. So, um, we started off commission based and I believe for starting entrepreneurs, that's probably going to be an easy way for you to get good talent and for the people to really take it serious. Um, when you offer the commission to be able to say, you know, Hey, if you're able to help me bring in X amount of revenue, then I'll give you a percentage of this. Or even if you guys are more comfortable setting, um, setting just a, a straight dollar amount, then you can do that as well. But I started off with a commission and the commission, um, was something like, um, of every job that we're able to secure, I give you 5% 
of that job. And that worked out really, really well. That worked out really well. Okay, good deal. All right, so one last question. So what is that one thing that an entrepreneur who's tuned in right now can do right now as it relates to management and growing their business? As it relates to management um, and growing your business, um, if you don't have someone working with you right now, seriously consider having yourself a partner and having just someone else that can help bring a different perspective to the business. Because it can really be a game changer when someone comes in with a fresh set of eyes, with different experiences, different skill sets, and they're able to help you blend all that stuff together. Like you really can create something beautiful when you're open to that. I know as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can be a little bit controlling and, you know, we have that tunnel vision and that's good. You got to keep that. But definitely, definitely, if you can find someone else to peek in and let them in and let them take a serious look um, at the business so that way you can gain a bigger and broader perspective. And then um, what I tell everybody is to, just keep going. You, you have to keep trying something. Um, don't ever get complacent. Don't ever get comfortable. Um, always try that next thing and definitely don't be afraid to, to fail your way through. Mm, I love that. So Joni, how can people reach out to you? People can reach out to me um, on my website. It's www.joniholofield.com. That's J-O-N as in Nancy, I-H-O-L-I. F is in Frank, I-E-L-D dot com. All right. We really appreciate you, Joni, for coming on board. The customer plan is sharing with us some strategies to help us build, manage, and prepare our enterprise for growth. Uh, we'll hopefully, not hopefully, we'll definitely bring you back because there are some other things around leadership uh, that I would like to share with uh, our audience. So thank you for coming on board. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, good deal. All right, for those who want to tune in to past uh, the podcast workshops for the customer plan, you can find us on iTunes or go to our website at improveandprogress.com. That's improveandprogress.com. Until next, wor- next week, next time, continue to improve and progress. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.